0: Hey guys, my name is Nick, and the name of the podcast you're listening to is a random Wikipedia article. Sorry. Uh, This is a podcast where I randomly generate a completely new Wikipedia article each day, one or two, and read it for you guys and give my thoughts. So if that sounds like something interesting to you, uh, keep on listening because that's what I'm going to do. Uh, what I do is I go to wikipedia.org slash wiki slash special colon random, and it generates a completely random article. Now, a lot of the articles that it generates are a little bit too short to create a podcast episode on. So what I do, what I did yesterday and what I did today is generate two that are of a sort of medium length, um. That way we have enough to fill an episode. Now, the first article that I generated today is titled Misogi. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that. I should probably look it up. But um, I, I feel pretty confident that it's Misogi because I just feel like that's how you pronounce Japanese. And Misogi is Japanese. Um, what it says is Misogi is a Japanese Shinto practice of ritual purification by washing the entire body. Misogi is related to another Shinto purification ritual called Hare, thus both being collectively referred to as Misogi Hare. That's interesting. It has a pic of a guy here um, that is being cleansed underneath a waterfall. That's interesting. Now, I you know, I would like to learn about Shinto. I'm not entirely sure what Shinto is. I think that that is um, a, I think, the historical, like, traditional Japanese religion. And I don't really know hardly anything about Japanese culture. Um, the only cultures that I really know anything about are um, Slavic cultures. And I'm starting to learn about um, Arabic or, and other um, West Asian cultures, but I don't really know a whole lot about these. Of course, um, we do learn in school, or I did anyway. Um, I was homeschooled, <laughs> but and I also went to a, a private school for two years um, before going to public school. But, um, you know, so I know a little bit about ancient Greek, Egyptian, and Roman culture, because those are the quote-unquote classic uh cultures, you know, and, you know, it's just so funny that we learn about those because I think that the entire Western perception of history is so skewed because it's only centered on the quote unquote classical cultures. We learn about these three cultures because during the Renaissance, people decided that those were the most important ones, you know, and so that's very much uh, because things things were a lot, there are so many other things that happened in the world at, at those same times and that's all we learn about is Roman, Greek, and Egyptian because those are the cultures that we've incorporated into ours as important into the West European um, sense of culture and sense of history. But it's just I would like to decenter that and learn more about the world at large. Um, all right, let's get back to the article though. Um, background: Every year, many people take pilgrimages to sacred waterfalls, lakes, and rivers either alone or in small groups, to perform misogi. Mount Ontake, the key mountain range, and Mount Yoshino are but a few examples of ancient and well-known areas for misogi in Japan. In Kyoto, people douse themselves under Kiyomizu Temple's Otoa no Taki, uh, Sound of Wings, waterfall, although the majority of visitors drink from the waters rather than plunging into them. In the United States, Misogi is performed at the Tsubaki Grand Shrine of America at the Konryu Myojin Notaki Waterfall each morning. Hmm. So, you, it's sort of like, so you drink from the water. That, and that's, huh, I'm a little bit confused, okay. A little bit confused, let's keep reading though. Um. Before encountering Misogi, members generally undergo some sort of preliminary purification. Such things as prayers, fasting, or some sort of physical activity is common. I read an article the other day. Um, I was reading about... It was. Uh, I was actually reading a Wikipedia article on Hollow Earth. And there was one section... I know I'm going to go off on a tangent here. But there was one section um, that was talking about a sort of cave on a irish island um it's it's an island next to ireland and historically this was seen as the gateway to purgatory and it was basically saying that when people go there even in today's times that they have to go through this ritual where they um first of all you start not eating the night before and then you go across to the island on a ferry once you get there you can't eat and you pray incessantly for 24 hours. Then you're allowed to have, I like, um, plain toast and porridge. And then you're only allowed to sleep that night. Um, and then you do that for, like, several days, I think. Um, that I, I was thinking of that. That sounds awful. Can you fucking imagine just starving and praying 24-7? Um, really, honestly, religious people are extremely um dedicated if they are at that point you know because that's some real dedication to something that's in my opinion not even real that's kind of insane um let's see uh <laughs> there are a lot of catholic thing i was raised catholic there are a lot of catholic rituals especially like in the past you know medieval times that are just very extreme it's crazy what people will go through for religion uh, back to the article, generally women put on a special white kimono, which is a robe, most people know that, and a headband. And men put on a fundoshi, or a loincloth, and a headband. They then begin furitama, or spirit shaking, by clenching their hands in front of the stomach and shaking them up and down, vibrating the upper torso. The purpose of this is to become aware of or unified with the spirit's presence within. Following this is a warm-up, or calisthenics. Cool, you get to have a nice little exercise. Uh, These two aforementioned practices are sometimes accompanied by special prayers or incantations. After, the leader begins to speak out invocations or prayers that are said to activate the spirit. The followers generally speak along with them, thus affirming the potential for realizing one's own spirit and thus unifying them with the kami around them. Not sure what Kami is. Let's see. Um, Kami are the spirits, phenomena, or holy powers that are venerated in the religion of Shinto. They can be elements of landscape, forces of nature, as well as beings and qualities that these beings express. Okay. Um, So, you know, I think one thing I know about Shinto just from watching anime years ago is... um, They... The fox is a big thing in that, I think. Um... The above exercises are done so participants raise their metabolism, and some groups accompany this with deep breathing. They may be sprinkled with purifying salt and may be given sake to spit into the waterfall in three mouthfuls. Sometimes the participants are given salt to throw into the waterfall as they enter. I have to admit that I'm a little bit jealous of people who are able to lose themselves in religious practices like this, because I think it's probably a very spiritually fulfilling thing to do. And you kind of have to delude yourself a little bit into thinking that this is reality, you know what I mean, to be able to fully experience that. I am jealous of that because it seems like sort of almost a way to get high without drugs. Um, I think that that's really interesting, and I would like to know, maybe read more about how the human brain is able to do that, you know, how, how our brain works and why We need spirituality and religion, and why people find it so fulfilling. Why they do it at all, you know? Um. Sometimes participants are given salt to throw into the waterfall as they enter. In some groups, the leader counts to nine, and then cuts the air while shouting the word yay to dispel this impurity. The participants then enter the waterfall while continuously chanting the phrase harai tamai kiyomi Tamai Orokon Shoujo. Okay, <laughs> The phrase asks the kami to wash away the impurity from the six elements that make up the human being, the five senses and the mind. The practice of this varies from group to group, each having their own traditions or methods. Misogi is also used in some forms of martial arts, and especially Aikido, to prepare the mind for training and to learn how to develop one's dantian, or center. The founder of Aikido, Morihei Ueshiba, regularly used this form of meditation to complement his training and search for perfection. The Senshin Tei Misogi Well at Key Society headquarters in Japan is a well-known place for performing misogi with cold water before sunrise. That is the entire thing. I, I hope one of these days I'll get a, an article that's just like a full-on, like, here's the article on Shinto. I mean, that would probably take an extremely long time to read, but I would really enjoy reading um, something like that out loud to you guys. Um, So I'd probably break it into several episodes, but that sounds fun. Now, the second article that I generated is very much different from that, and it is on the Bulgarian fire, which is a cruise missile. But to me, that's super interesting. I don't know anything about Bulgaria, but I'm... Uh, Fairly interested in all of the countries in that area. I believe, you know, I'm actually not sure where Bulgaria is. Let me look. I think Bulgaria is either in Western, uh, I mean, Eastern um, Europe or it's in Western Asia. Or it could be over there around, like, the Caucasus. I don't think it is, though, because there's really nothing in between Russia and Turkey. And let me look at a map real quick. Um, Bulgaria sorry, Bulgaria map. Okay. It's in the Balkans. Yes. Okay. So it is in, uh, East Europe, which was my first guess. So no, it's not in the Caucasus where Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan are, but it is right across the Black Sea from them, like directly. It's actually on the coast there and it's right above Turkey. So it is above Turkey. Okay, and next to it is uh, Macedonia, Albania, and under that is Greece. Above Bulgaria is Romania, and also touching Bulgaria is Serbia, and I believe that's it. Yeah, Greece extends down to... Is that still Greece? Oh, no, that's Turkey. Okay, Turkey actually touches Bulgaria as well. Okay. Okay. Alright, I find that interesting uh, because, you know, I mean, we learn a little bit in, you know, in American school. We learn a little bit of... Of course, it's not their fault that I don't remember all this stuff because I hated school. Uh, But let me go ahead with the article. The Bulgarian Fire is a subsonic cruise missile developed in Bulgaria. It was produced in the 1980s and had an operational range of at least 780.5 kilometers. Hmm place of origin people's republic of bulgaria so they they still had a republic in the 80s was bulgaria ever taken over by the ussr because i know that um i know that romania was and romania is right above them i don't know uh we'll find that out in some let me open um blah 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 it says bulgaria was closely aligned with the soviet union Okay, oh, the People's Republic of Bulgaria was the official name of Bulgaria when it was a socialist republic, ruled by the Bulgarian Communist Party. That sounds like a good form of communism, a socialist republic. Hmm, I'm going to have to read about that. Not on here, but I will. Maybe I'll let you guys know what I read uh, tomorrow when I come back. I'm mostly still reading about, um, about black magic. I actually, you know, what I learned today is that there is a Satanist group. Uh, this is a theistic Satanist group, which means that they believe in Satan as an actual person and as a god. Um, but they are called the, um, was it Red Satanism or something like that? I'll have to figure out. I don't remember exactly what it was called. But um, they believe in, actually, let me just go ahead and read to you this. Well, I'll read it to you at the end of the uh it's called the Satanic Reds. I'll read this to you when I, once I'm finished this article, but it's, it's super interesting to me. Um, let me go ahead with Bulgarian fire first. Uh, history. During the 1980s, due to expenses, then-modern Smirch MLRS and late-variant Tachka-U tactical ballistic missile systems could not be purchased for the Bulgarian People's Army. So the development of a Bulgarian cruise missile began. The development was initiated at the Institute for Defense Research at G.S. Rakovsky National Defense Academy, which is state-owned and still holds the blueprint, blueprints, schematics, and production instruction design of the missile. The project code was named Wild Dream and was being carried out by a team led by Professor Evgeny Gindev, who was, at the time, the manager of the institute. The missile was designated Bulgarian Fire. The missiles were likely produced in VMZ-Sapot. It is classified where most locally produced missiles in use with the Bulgarian People's Army were produced, with the possibility that parts may have also been produced in some L-90 factories, which are privatized. Though it is unlikely, because far more missile technology is produced at VMZ-Sapot, which has far greater technological capabilities when it comes to missile manufacturing. Which is mostly state-owned. Wow, whoever wrote this definitely knows a lot about this sort of stuff. Um, They usually do, but... Characteristics. The missile has a range of at least 780.5 kilometers. Given the fact that it was almost used in an operation to hit Ankara... What's Ankara? Oh, it does not have a thing for it. Okay, well, I don't know. Um, And this is the distance between the Bulgarian border and Ankara. Oh, okay. Okay. Ankara is probably in Turkey. I'm not sure of that. Um, And uses the VSU-10 engine. It is a medium range supersonic missile, but could possibly be long range. The missile primarily used a thermobaric warhead, which was apparently capable of engulfing the entire Istanbul in flames. So yeah, that is Turkey. I wonder why they were fighting Turkey. The explosive radius would not necessarily need to be large, but the incendiary incendiary factor, that means flammable, uh, makes it so that the fire from the explosion could be carried throughout the city, but it also had the ability to carry a small Soviet-made nuclear warhead. Operational Use The missile had entered service by 1989 and had a range of at least 780.5 kilometers, as that is the distance between the Bulgarian border and Ankara, the operation where the missile was utilized being intended to destroy Ankara with strategic rockets, and no other surface-to-surface rocket was taken along for the operation. The missile was deployed during the Bulgarian-Turkish border crisis of June 1989, also known as Operation Han Turvel when a 736-man strong group of soldiers was sent to the Bulgarian-Turkish border to respond to threats being made, that the Turkish army would enter Sofia. I believe that's the capital of Bulgaria, I'm not sure, but that is definitely the only city that I've ever heard of in relation to Bulgaria, so I feel like it is. Um, These soldiers were armed with highly advanced Soviet-made S-300-SAM systems, and Bulgarian-produced Bulgarian fire cruise missile systems, which were stationed at Sliven and Kotel in hidden bunkers referred to as dungeons by Bulgarian People's Army Intelligence, before being sent out to the Turkish border. The cruise missile launch steps were raised from false and brought up to warming up, literal translation of launch phase titles in Bulgarian. The Bulgarian fire cruise missiles were likely withdrawn from service in 19... Oh, I bit my tongue, I'm sorry. Okay, they were likely withdrawn um, from service in 1990, possibly due to the fact that the conventional warheads used in the missile were incendiary warheads, which were apparently incapable of engulfing the entire area of Istanbul in flames, and the use of these kinds of weapons in a populated area are prohibited, and were considered incendiary weapons. Just said that. Um, many Warsaw Pact countries signed treaties that they did not abide until the fall of socialism, such as chemical and biological weapons treaties, that Bulgaria signed and ratified during socialism but refused to abide until the fall of socialism. This was the case here, where where Bulgaria ratified the Protocol on Prohibitions or Restrictions on the Use of Incendiary Weapons on 15 November 1982, but did not abide it until socialism officially stopped being the economic system of Bulgaria in 1990. Okay. There's probably a lot behind that that I do not understand, but... um, People's Republic of Bulgaria. Oh, it's got a bunch of anti-communism in Bulgaria. People executed by the People's Republic of Bulgaria. Heroes of the People's Republic of Bulgaria. Bulgarian diaspora. Okay. Pages. Berlin labor camp. Bulgarian coup d'etat. Okay. Well, maybe we'll read this. Anyway, I wanted to go ahead and read this to you as well because I just found this really interesting. Um, I was reading the Wikipedia page on theistic Satanism. A group with a totally different ideology to the previous ones, which the previous ones that it had outlined were um, uh, they were national socialist, basically anti-Jewish or otherwise racist neo-Nazi type of satanic um, religions, um, the, is the Satanic Reds, an occult organization with a Marxist-Communist political orientation. Super interesting. I've never heard of that. Um, founded by Tani Jenseng in 1997, their doctrine is largely based on the writings of H.P. Lovecraft, mixed with elements of Central Asian folklore and the advocacy of social welfare. The group became notably notable mainly for their online activism and usage of communist symbols merged with Satanist ones. However, the Satanic Reds reclaim reclaim or did they mean to type claim? I'm not sure. The Satanic Reds claim to belong to the left hand path, but do not identify as theistic Satanists in the manner of believing in Satan as a god with a personality, since they conceive it as sat and tan, being and becoming similarly to the fictional deity of Chaos, Nyarlathotep, from Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos, or Cthulhu. The religious practices of the Satanic Reds comprise occult rituals and a form of baptism, and the organization advocates a Renewed New Deal, a moderate social program of reforms inspired by Franklin D. Roosevelt. I think that's really cool, um... Super cool. They're Marxist uh, communists, but not Marxist Leninist. They advocate specifically for social welfare and the New Deal. So I actually, plus H.P. Lovecraft and Satan are in there. Like, I see every everything about this looks absolutely perfect to me. I love that. I'm going to look it up. Maybe I can be a member because that's super interesting to me. And I don't see a single, I. you know, because I'm surprised because I thought there was going to be at least one drawback while I was reading that. And then I read through it and I was like, wow. So, you know, they're not like extreme far left authoritarian, but they're still far enough left. Um, so I kind of love that. And the New Deal was the last time that the Democrats in America were left of center even a little bit. Um unfortunately they no longer are anyway so i'm gonna end on that note um and if you want to hear more about lovecraft i will be reading the fourth chapter of whisper in darkness on my gothic horror stories podcast i'll be back tomorrow to read one or two new randomly generated wikipedia articles see you guys soon